Blame DevOps. Blame DevOps. Episode you, five. You don't get shy. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're live. Yes, we are live. Here we are again. Episode five. Yes. Um, cool. <laughs> I so, was just talking about pregame jitters. Pregame jitters. Yeah. Like we I, haven't, I haven't had it in a long time, and I was just like ready to... Do, do I push the record button? Shed out a whisk, another whiskey before we started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there'd be no jitters. <laughs> we, uh, we had some issues with lights. We've been spending the last 45 minutes trying to figure out yeah. the light levels in this room. It was very red yeah. um, to the point where we were like, did we just come out of a tanning bed? <laughs> Every inch of us was red. And then we went back and looked at last week's episode and yeah. lo and behold... Yeah, we were yeah, pretty we red. Yeah, we were definitely red. So yeah. we took, uh, we've got the blinds down a little bit, so you can't really see the Toronto East skyline behind us uh, as well as we can, could. Yes. Uh, and it's only because the, the the light filter with these blinds and the lights and the table reflection, we were very red. Very red. Like Halloween red. <laughs> Lobster red. It was terrible. <laughs> so where did we leave off last week? What did we talk about? Uh, we talked about the last pillar. The last pillars. Pillars. Plurals. Yes. Plural. Right. So we did uh, measure. Yes. Um, super important. Uh, and so we, sharing. And sharing. And thus we closed off the temple. Yes. And closed the doors, actually. Open because the doors. sharing is caring. Open the doors to the temple of DevOps. <laughs> yes. The culture at the bottom, the pillars holding up the roof of success. Um yeah, we did that. That was a that was a good one. Uh, I reflected back on it. I watched the episode, um, and there were some comments about uh, I need to talk into the mic a little more instead of need doing to talk this wild into stuff the mic. and going off because people can't hear me. So I'm going to make a concerted effort to talk to the mic and the camera and still talk to Anthony at the same time. <laughs> it's practice. We're learning. Yes. Um, it's our first time. This might be episode five, but, uh, you know, we're still learning how to do this thing. Yeah, because LinkedIn Live isn't exactly, um, you know, it hasn't been around for a long time. So. Right. So the whole video podcasting thing yeah. is, is, is new as a channel. You know, we could be going live to YouTube, but we figure that uh, the listeners and the viewers on LinkedIn uh, are more targeted, I guess. Yeah. The, it's a Definitely. better it's a better channel for the messenger time. I mean, to we're deliver. we're gonna eventually upload it to YouTube anyway. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, you guys will be able to to watch it there. You're our um, learning bed and our feedback channel, our feedback engine, Definitely. to get us a better Definitely. continuous learning, which triggers uh, kind of the two topics we're gonna hit. Yes, today, uh, the one is we 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 let off with this in the very first episode. We talked. We did. We, we definitely did. There's a lot of things that DevOps isn't. Yes. Um, so we're gonna hit some of that. We're gonna talk about what DevOps ain't, and some of the myths and misconceptions around people's common beliefs of yes. what DevOps is, um, and and hopefully dispel some of those myths and 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 tell some stories. Uh, Anthony also has the. LinkedIn live running so we can see comments. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to be answering any questions that you guys yeah. have. So whatever questions, uh, we're, 
ready to rock it. Right. So if you got a question, yes, and it's top of mind, go ahead and put it in the comments, and uh, we're we're gonna watch as they come. And if uh, if we notice, and we hopefully we notice, yes, of we course do get, we are. We do get embedded in the conversation, and yeah, get, and get distracted from the screen over there. <laughs> um, so yeah, we want to definitely take a look at some of your questions, and and maybe we can answer them live. Um, and then the other thing we're going to talk about uh, is kind of an extension of sharing from last week. Yes. And this is Anthony's passion. You can see the slide. It says, uh, Anthony's passion. Continuous learning, baby. Yeah, there it is. Continuous learning. Soft and snuggly. Just keep it coming. Always learn. Always learn. Yeah. It's Never a, get comfy. It, it's it's something that definitely Anthony uh, lives, breathes, sleeps, eats. Yes. Um, snuggles up on the TV watching Netflix. Just no. continuous learning all the time, 24-7. <laughs> oh, he's love a passionate it. evangelist of, of learning and therefore yes. teaching. So that's kind of why we're here as well, is uh, this brainchild of ours, this blame DevOps. Yes. So for those of you who are tuning in, because um, we never we never really start off with this, and I, ju- I just want to bring people up to speed who are just tuning in. So um, what is DevOps? What is DevOps? So DevOps is a methodology or a practice uh, that we use in software engineering to break down silos that allows better communication and collaboration to bring features of the software faster to market. Right. And so to that note, what is Blame DevOps? So Blame DevOps is a belief... Uh, so this goes to our why statement from episode yes. one. We believe that DevOps as a culture can change the world, and it applies equally to everybody, not just devs, devs and ops and sec and data and technology spaces, that DevOps is a culture that, that has um, value and resonates in Marketing, everywhere. finance, everywhere. executives, Law doesn't enforcement, matter. first responders, military, yeah. uh, healthcare, the family unit, the bro unit, whatever yes. you want to call it, <laughs> the the foundational elements of collaboration, communication, trust, these are universal. And we believe if you adopt the DevOps culture, you can change the world. Yes, agreed. And uh, and this can be actually applied to any different type of um, uh, of uh, organization. Absolutely, absolutely. We've talked about that at, at length, and we're yes. we're going to get into that. Uh, it, Later episodes when we talk about how to change an organize, organization, um, it's not limited to tech, right? Yes. It's birthed from tech. Um, things like agile have been adopted outside of technology. Definitely. Um, some of the foundational pillars, like we talked about, lean is foundation in manufacturing. Yes. So we took we took what what Toyota had done to invent lean, and we adopted it and took it and made it our own. And now we're. We're, we're expanding upon that. Yeah. And the same is true. So DevOps is now a thing, a culture, um, a methodology that can be applied across just about every, I, I can't think of an industry you couldn't. Even in uh, even in uh, family dynamics. Totally family dynamics. Right. Um, the classroom, teaching, <laughs> elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that works. NASA. That totally works. NASA totally has a DevOps culture. Totally, totally. If they don't, they totally should. Um, (laughs) No, they actually do. Government, manufacturing, every kind, retail, you name it. Um, 
I've talked to various industries as a consultant. I've talked to various industries just as having friends who work in different industries. Yeah. And you talk to them about the foundations and the basic elements of what agile is. Yes. And you talk about what the basic uh, fundamental elements of DevOps is. And they say, wow, I wish we had that here. Cause that would really change how my day to day works and we would become way better at doing this thing. So Hannah, yes, it's birth from tech, but the principles apply across any industry. That's true. So yeah. the principles, like we said, if you go back to the pillars episodes, um, and our, and our why statement, um, you really see that the examples and the, the foundational elements of each of those pillars mm-hmm. are not industry specific. So it's things like trust, um, as a foundational element of DevOps culture, mm-hmm. that doesn't apply just to DevOps culture. That applies to every relationship everyone Agreed. has with everybody Agreed. else. So trust is a foundational thing. So we have a question of, uh, you know, can we give a real world example of DevOps in action? Wow. Ooh. I'll leave that to you, Joel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Run with it. Bro. Real world example of DevOps in action. Um, Look at every one of the disruptors in industry that are out there, especially, you know, if you look at Uber, Netflix, um, Airbnb, Airbnb, all of these, these now poster children for the disruption industry, because it's yes. lack of better, better title. These folks would not have ever been able to scale their product and take over that industry without having a DevOps culture. Uh, backing their technology decisions. Right. So Amazon is a cloud platform. And all oh, the other cloud Amazon's platforms have example. no choice but to be DevOps. Otherwise, they would not exist at the scale they exist today. Right. So cult- culture is the foundation. Yeah. And then we have automation. Yep. Automate all the things. Automate everything. Lean. So get rid of any waste. Um, uh, measure everything. Measure everything. And sharing. And share it sharing. Sharing so is caring. So that the, you'll, you maintain the momentum. Yes. Wow, that was a good question. Um, yeah, we can get into cr- details around that. That's um, great questions. Keep them coming. Um, Keep them coming, guys. I got a, I got a story around my first cloud. Uh, my, the first time we were deploying to AWS, yes. uh, the company I was working for, we were the third um, company mm-hmm. from the public yeah. to consume Amazon platform in production. Nice. So before that was Netflix because they were the one of the, the development partners. They were right. very close with Amazon to develop those very first platforms and the APIs. Um, things like uh, AMI yeah. wouldn't exist without Netflix as an as a open source contributor to AWS. Um, the second was Universal Pictures. Little known fact, this a little cloud nerd is for you. That I did not know. So Universal Pictures compiled the entire new reboot of the Star Trek film. Yes. They compiled all the CGI for that in Amazon. What? And instead of taking nine months to 18 months to compile in a data center, doing traditional animation compilation, they did it in Amazon in three months and then they deleted the entire stack. We made a movie. It's done. Delete. Delete. It's over. So Star Trek, the reboot, um, Chris Pine, Captain Kirk. It's all good. (laughs) Sweet. So, great question. I love yes. that little sidebar. I love telling uh, that. Question. I love these questions, I love telling man. That. Sorry. So, I'm so glad that we that we took this format. This is fun. Yeah. Um, I wish we had a little more prep. Like, if, <laughs> if we had a couple of these the, questions, that's the beauty you know, of live. We're right? in the hot seat. Um, so, let's get into the topic then, because we want to make sure we don't go 
half hour overtime like we did last week. Yeah, we're gonna try true. to stay on on time. But I mean, if if uh, if you guys are loving it, then yeah, you know, if we're we'll talking just... and we don't want to shut up, then we'll just keep going. <laughs> oh no, no, no! no. <laughs> and just, oh, you're you're the guy who's up all night with the uh, the LinkedIn Liveinator. What's his name? Uh oh, uh, Janiad. Yeah, but with the um, LinkedIn Somnia. LinkedIn Somnia. That's yes. such a great name. So for those of you who are, yeah, actually, some of you guys who are on, the, you know, you're uh, you're definitely checking out LinkedIn Somnia. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a great live show. Uh, Janiad usually runs it to um, the LinkedIn Live limit, which is four hours. Yeah, apparently there's a limit. <laughs> you guys, and, you and guys, it, found yeah, out we the hard broke way. it twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they hit the four hour like, limit. What, and what it happened? Just, it stops apparently. <laughs> so we have a um, question, and I just kind of looked over at it. Yeah. So, uh, would you guys consider automating client registration, tenant registration, shard provisioning, and client dedicated application provisioning Ooh. a DevOps practice? I would not consider it a DevOps practice. I would consider it an automation. Yes amazing automation uh the pillar deployment the automation pillar. it's totally an automation pillar yeah that would take some very i one of the challenges and why i was kind of apprehensive about doing live <laughs> questions is we were worried about getting into solutioning yeah um, because we've done all kinds of technology architecture and all those things so we wanted to make sure that um, it's very somewhat agnostic yeah that the but this is a good question because yeah, this is, is very this question. is very specific to Thank how you, you would approach a very different uh, um, uh, architecture problem mm-hmm. that would normally be broken into its individual pieces, yeah. and each individual piece in the question would be handled independently. So and, microservices, and, but manually, right? So in this case, where he's talking about automated registration, absolutely. Yeah. Automated tenant registration, absolutely. So this is where you're spinning up environments and you're putting tenants on those environments. Yes. Ba, 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 scaling it laterally yeah. for all of your managed services and your managed uh, clients. Absolutely automate that. If you're the DevOps deploy guy, right? <laughs> and it's your job to put up new tenant for co- client X. The DevOps all, team. All you got to do is put in name of client X, deploy. Yes. Boom, the entire infrastructure goes application goes, everything's renamed, relabeled to the proper uh, standalone independent uh, in infrastructure hosting. Yeah. Awesome. Go for it. Automate the snot out of that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's killer. Go for it. Do it. Do it. Okay. Should we get into uh, yeah. myths and yeah. misconceptions? Four time actually. What's that question? Matthew Perkins. What's that? Four times actually? I don't know. I don't know what he's asking. Neither do I. All right. All right, cool. We love um, you anyways. We love it. Matthew, thanks for tuning in. Uh, what DevOps isn't? This is the ain't category. So ain't. I wanted... What it, it ain't? It ain't. Ain't. It ain't. So there's a list here. So half of this list, I did some Googling and I had some fun with it. Yes. Um, there was an article um, and it came up in like the fifth or sixth page of... <laughs> of DevOps misconceptions when I Googled that. Oh my gosh. And it was a list of questions to ask when interviewing someone for a DevOps job. And there was probably 10 <laughs> questions in there and it got into agile and, and software development life cycles and tooling, blah, blah, blah. But then there was this one section like question 14 way down the list. Yeah. I was in a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> that had this, 
the myths and misconceptions going in so that an interviewer could could listen right. to the answers to the questions and be like, okay, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. If he says this, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. So here's some of those things that I kind of have. So the first one is DevOps is a process. Clearly. Yes, clearly. We have killed that one. DevOps is not a process. It's a culture. Yes. And it's a culture of communication and collaboration. That's it. And it's not a job title. It's not a job title. Yes. I, what would a DevOps HR person Oh, call? my gosh. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, DevOps engineer is kind of pushing it. A little bit, because there is toolsmithing going on yes, in the technology. Yes, exactly. Pipeline. But that's more of like, I would consider it more of an automation engineer. Totally. And it doesn't have to be, yeah, that's totally it. It's, a, it's an automation engineer. Yeah. So uh, I, I find that a lot of um, a lot of recruiters and a lot of companies are using that as the new term for systems administrator. Totally, totally. Because now my new system is no longer a server, yeah, operating system. It's, it's, it's cloud. A, it's a pipeline, and now I'm the I'm the DevOps administrator of a pipeline that's called yeah. DevOps pipeline. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sysadmin. Yeah, totally. Um, Agile equals DevOps. No. No. <laughs> These are two entirely separate things. Agile is a process and a framework, and DevOps is a culture. We've, we've nailed that. Yes. Um, Agile has a place, especially in project-based, time-based deliverables, delivering assets that are, you know, especially that's why it works so well with software deliveries. And we talked about small teams, team of teams, um, T-shaped individuals. Yep. Um, that's Agile. DevOps is has a place within supporting Agile. Yes. But it, these are not the same. No, they're not the same. We have a Scrum Master, therefore we DevOps. No, no, you no, don't. no, no. Um, we need hey, s- we do Scrum. Yeah, we are we DevOps. Do, we have a Kanban. <laughs> That's a wall with Post-it notes on it. Um, the next one is we we need a separate DevOps group. No. no. Why would you create a new silo <laughs> when you're trying when you're to trying to rid break down of silos? silos. <laughs> what? Okay. What? And you see this all over the place. Yeah. Let's invent a group within our yeah. tech org. Call it the oh, DevOps that's, team. That's the that's the job for the DevOps. That's group. the DevOps team. They maintain the pipeline. That what? Push. <laughs> no, this we talked that about. Doesn't this. make any sense. T-shaped individuals, blended teams. Yes. Integrating your DevOps quote DevOps engineers into your development teams. These are not separate. These are. With, yeah, your QA or what's the word? Conglomerous? No. Cohesive? Yeah. Yeah. Wanna, yeah. Together. <laughs> blended. <sighs> Adhered. <laughs> Stuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways. That's good. They're having a side comment now. They yeah. hijacked our, our, our comment section. I love it. <laughs> Keep going. Um, DevOps will solve all your problems. No. Um, <laughs> DevOps will solve many of your problems and enable solutions within problem areas, mm-hmm. but it won't solve your problems independently. If you apply DevOps culture and you hit all the four pillars, you will have a greater chance of success in anything, but it's not going to solve all your problems. What if you have, a, um, as an organization, maybe you're 150 employees and you're a $20 million company, and all of a sudden you have a massive debt crisis? Yeah. Someone's called in the loan. Guess what? DevOps ain't going to solve that. No, so DevOps as a culture is not going to solve staffing shortages. It's not going to, there's all kind of, there's a laundry list of things that, that, that DevOps doesn't solve, but DevOps definitely enables you to solve problems faster. Totally. With less waste 
and less cost. There you go. Yes. Boom. DevOps means developing ma- developers manage production. <laughs> I, I so um, for those of you who are tuning in and I'm laughing, uh, you probably understand why. <laughs> DevOps means developers are managing production. Yes. Maybe if you're a basement startup with four people, yeah, and your yeah, CTO wrote the source code. And he's also answering the all the tickets. Sure. He's a developer and he's he's the guy. Yeah. That's not true in any organization larger than four people. Um, developers write code. The pipeline delivers code. DevOps as a culture enables the team, developer, ops, sec, yes. QA, to collaboratively manage production. It's not a one-man show. Developers have, really have nothing to do with production except supporting the code that's in production. That's right. Yes. DevOps is, is development driven release management. Nope. 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 So we talked about safe. We talked about safe and the release train is still schedule releases. You know, 99% of the time there's still an approval process where someone says ship it and you press the button and the code goes, this isn't development driven, uh, release management. This is team based release management. There's still an authorization process, even though, like we said, you need to enable your frontline people to solve their own problems. The problem they're trying to solve isn't pushing code to production. The problem they're trying to solve is solving problems. Yes. So there's still a release management process. We haven't touched on that really at all, uh, but it does follow, follow under the automation pillar. Yep. And, the measure, and the measure pillar yep. and the sharing pillar. So it's, it's there. Um, we actually have another question. Okay, go. So Matthew Perkins says, wouldn't DevOps mitigate staffing shortages by increasing employee retention? Oh, snap. Thought a more... Through a more, through a open, more culture. open culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Nailed it. Matthew Nailed Perkins. Money, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, so shortages due to retention. We talked about this... Uh, in one of the pillars conversation, which one was it? Um, measuring motivation under measure. Yes. Yes. Um, so if you're if if high turnover is a is a measure, then you would expect if you had a proper form DevOps culture within your organization that your your retention would remain the same or higher because of that culture. You would have yes. less people churning exactly, out of your organization because people are are happy, morale is up, and um, and yeah, Teresa. Even if you're if you're scaling, um, you know, yeah, there there wouldn't it, the employee retention would still be up, yeah, because people will be happy, they will be um, engaged, yep. they will love what they're doing, yep. and you know there there won't be that that. Um, uh, the word i'm looking for it's like jaded yeah tired yeah it's like oh um, i gotta get out of here oh you know it's it's the the it's 4 15 somewhere or you wake up on monday morning you're like oh, I, hate my job. I, I gotta go to work i love mondays Monday. i love mondays mondays too. is the best day of the week i know um so matthew yes your point is exactly right devops would mitigate staffing shortages due to churn if you had a proper open culture and to Teresa's point um, if you need to scale your team, mm-hmm. this is a challenge because 
when you have a DevOps culture, you have to make sure you have all the things in place to onboard those people yes. into your teams, into your org, into your culture. Um, and I'm not saying uh, you're going to be interviewing for culture fit or personality conflict fit. You're interviewing for skill learnability. Um, that's not a word. And we'll get to that in the next uh, little segment. But the point is, you're going you're gonna to hire people who are trainable, who have the right mindset yes, to exactly. join your team, join your org. They could be senior, intermediate, junior. It doesn't matter if they have the mindset of learning. Yeah. They're going to join your team. They're going to soak it up. Because people gonna, can just learn. They're going to take all the sharing exactly. and all the things you've documented, and they're going to just inject themselves and be part of your team. Onboarding becomes less challenging yeah. if you're hiring people with the mindset of, I need to learn, and I'm dying to learn. Yeah. I need so, it. So just as a, a side note, uh, I want to make clear that culture has nothing to do with beer on tap, foosball, or video games. Yeah. Or a pool. Pool table. <laughs> or a giant slide from the fifth floor down to the lobby. <laughs> How cool is that? Um, it's dumb. You're, it's it's a waste are, of money. Those are interesting perks. Yes. Uh, they don't define a culture by any means. No. Um, I've seen really effective DevOps culture in a room that looks like it's a, a pop-up call center. You know, you show up for work the next day, there's like a garbage can in the corner and that's it. Everything's gone. Yeah. It totally looks like that, but you have amazing DevOps culture in there. Uh, these small teams, small spaces, just like living and breathing it together. <clears throat> there's no beer on tap. There's no free coffee. No. There's no catered lunches. These are folks who live and breathe the culture. They don't need any of that stuff. So let's start thinking differently. Let's tap into their potential without turn them into alcoholics. <laughs> so um, true. I'm going to so skip true. ahead a couple points. Yes. Um, I want to make sure we get to your stuff here. Uh, quote, we can't do DevOps. We're unique. Yes. <laughs> we can't do it. We no. can't, our organization is different somehow yes. than all other organizations. <laughs> therefore, I just totally kicked my chair. Uh, therefore, we can't do DevOps the way you've described it. Yeah. And no, no, that means you've been doing it the same way forever. Exactly. And it, we're just doing it because it works. So why should we change to DevOps? Yeah, it doesn't mean you can't or you shouldn't. It just means you have no desire to for exactly. some reason. And exactly. you go back to some of the points that have come up in the comments and the questions. You're going to have high churn. You're going to have less motivated people. You're going to have bosses that have to sit and overlook people. You're going to have micromanagers. Ugh. We're unique. Yeah, you're unique. We've solved that problem years ago. Yep. We can't do DevOps. We've got the wrong people. <laughs> no, you just don't want to train your people to do the right thing. Kenneth just put the comment in. He hit the nail on the head. He actually hit it before we said oh, it. Oh, damn. Kenneth yeah. Dunner Jr. The people make the culture. Always. Kenny and they make it work. They make it wonderful. Yes. So if you don't have, if you think you don't have the right people, you're wrong and you can always change people. People change over time. You can add people to the team. Um, folks who don't want to change. We've talked about it. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. They don't change. They find their way out the door. On exactly. Their own accord. Exactly. You don't have to fire them. You don't have to Write them up. But the thing they is just that don't when, enjoy it. They're gone. But when you, when you hire, you're hiring because they fit into your culture. Sure. Right? Yep. So the thing is that if they fit into your culture and you have a culture of learning, yep. then chances are that you have to give them the chance to say, 
yes, I want to learn, yeah. or uh, you know what? I don't think this is my jam, so I'm going to go later. do something else. Yeah. I'm going to go and do the cool. same job I'm doing now somewhere else. Yeah. But you will find over time, those folks eventually come around. It's interesting. Yes. Um, I had folks, uh, guys who worked for me back in the early cloud adoption days. They were regular old sysadmin types, lived and breathed Linux. You know, they're like, I got to go to the data center every day. Fine. They were great. They couldn't, at the time, they couldn't figure out how to make the mind switch to cloud. Right. And they left the organization. We didn't fire them. We didn't make them feel uncomfortable. They just like, I can't do this. It's not the direction I want to be in. And off they went. Within like two years later, they had their light bulb moment. And they're like, I get it. I'm going to go work for Amazon. Boom. Gone. They work for Amazon. So it's like, it's so just you, a matter of so time. You, you just saw them. You're like, hey, yeah, wait, hey, totally. I you know were you. A, you were a naysayer to your dying breath. And now, <laughs> now you you're... actually work for Amazon because you got it. You eventually came around and you got it. So well, that's a good thing. It makes sense. Yes. Um, so the people are not the problem. Never. So those are the questions that were in the website. So I'm going to go through a few more. I only got about five more minutes. Then I got to turn the table over to Anthony. Yeah. Um, of things that are also myths, misconceptions, and ain't DevOps. Uh, I have an automated pipeline, therefore I DevOps. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I wrote that sarcastically. Um, because it's not about automation and tooling. It's not about tooling. Uh, tooling is, is a thing. It's part of DevOps. Yes. But you see this so often where folks are like, I bought a Jenkins installation, and I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on it. A consultant yeah, firm came you. in. <laughs> And now I have DevOps. Well, that's cool. Um, <laughs> you still don't have you DevOps. You still don't have DevOps. <laughs> We're not a software development shop. Okay. Okay. But we've already busted that. We busted that. Yeah. So if you're not a software shop, which obviously if, if you're doing software development and deployment, then DevOps makes sense. But outside of that, people are like, well... I don't get it. So, and we're not in that industry, so it doesn't matter to me. If you're in the trucking business, guess what? You're in the software business. Yes. If you're in the shipping industry, guess what? You're in the software industry. Well, they say that every business now, yep. every company is a software company. Every company is a software company. Either you write or you consume, right? So even as a consumer of software, mm -hmm. uh, you still need DevOps. You still have folks on your team who use computers and servers and laptops. Oh, my. Um, you need to make sure that those are properly supported and the DevOps culture takes care of that for you. Yeah. Oh, Boom. Teresa, right on the nail. Culture of learnability sparks self-actualization, which is a source of happiness, a key you know, predictor of success. You're reading that in real time to it's being posted <laughs> because of the video lag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, Teresa, you nailed it. And we are going to jump that shark in a minute. We're just going to wrap this up and we're going to get to that yeah, topic because exactly. that's exactly the next yeah. topic and it's killer. Um, we could skip to that now. Let's do it. Okay, wait, one. I got one more. Okay. Millennials. No, I was going to skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, now that you said it, Millennials you gotta... is not a blocker no. or an enabler of DevOps. No. Um, they just They just need to be taught. People think that, oh, we have millennials, therefore we have DevOps culture. No, 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 no. You have a learning culture. Yes. You have folks who are, are interested in learning, and the millennials seem to have that in spades. Yeah. That us older guys have to fight to kind of keep that drive and momentum of, of one. Oh, of my gosh. Continuous yeah. learning passion. <laughs> the kids these days, they just soak it up. 
Yeah. And that's been true forever. Even when we were younger, you know, we were the soaker uppers and now we're the, now we're the givers. Soaker out. uppers? Yeah. Like the hefty. <laughs> the paper towel. Hefty paper towel. That's it. <laughs> you know, one swipe and it's gone. <laughs> uh, and the last one I'm going to hit on, cause there's, there's some business folks on here. It's too expensive. DevOps is too expensive. What? That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything. No. Except for you hire someone to come build your DevOps for you. <laughs> I need a pipeline. Therefore, I'm going to find a consulting company that can sell me some DevOps for half a million dollars. <laughs> They're going to put 10 people on my in my site. They're going to yeah. be there for eight months. They're going to build some stuff. Eventually, and they're going to automate some stuff. Eventually, have a pipeline that automates yeah. some stuff. And, and then, then six months down the line, things are going to go back to exactly the way they oh, were. They, always, they never changed. But now I got to pay some offshore consulting firm to manage my pipeline because I never bothered to train anybody no, no, internally. Because, because you, you bring in Agile, right? Yeah. So the Scrum Master comes in, and the next thing you know, uh, Agile just kind of turns into Fragile. Fragile. <laughs> Trip fall, waterfall. <laughs> oh my okay. We're not in the cloud and have no intention of going there. Um, I saw a picture on LinkedIn yesterday. Yes. And it was an empty rack. Uh, and it was a post trying to show that, hey, look, we've succeeded in getting out of the data center. Therefore, look, an empty rack in the data center that used to be our stuff. Guess what? Data centers are not going out of business. No. In fact, they are the cloud. So they have refactored the space that you leave behind yeah. and put their own stuff in there. And that's where the cloud lives. So great. You moved off of a server you owned. <laughs> now you're onto onto a, a server, server you that don't somebody own. else owns. <laughs> that you don't own in the same data center, chances are. Probably. Just about every large data center organization offers their own, uh, quote, on-prem cloud platform. Yes. Um, so even though you can say, we won't do Amazon, we won't do Google, we won't do Azure, and you're going to go to uh, SunGuard because that's your data center, guess what? SunGuard has a cloud inside their data center. So it's the same thing. Um, if you're not in cloud and you don't intend to go there, guess what? Your data center is going to get you there whether you like it or not. It's just a matter of time. Yep. Next. Anthony's passion. Yes. Wait, we got to have, do I have to put the comments up? What's that? I got to put the comments up. You got to put the comments on. Yes. uh, Yeah. So, yeah, continuous learning. Um, I am extremely passionate about this. Uh, I I find that um, through continuous learning myself, I've actually grown um, not just as a, a, a professional, but as a human being. And it's given me more insight as to uh, what I'm what I'm capable of, and you know w- what I'm able to share around that. Yeah, um, this so, is a huge topic. So um, a little bit of backstory is uh, so now I'm an educator. So I, I create uh, content so that people can consume in order to. Uh, pass their certification exam. Right. So you stayed within the tech space right. for that. Gotcha. Yes. But before that, I was, uh, and this is back when we were working together, yeah. I was getting all these crazy certifications. You're like, so Anthony, uh, what certification you got today? What'd you get this weekend? <laughs> well, I went and got an advanced certain, certain, certain certification from such and such. What? 
<laughs> so yeah, it was, um, it, 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 and it was because of my passion for learning. Yeah. And so it just came to the point where I didn't want to just consume it myself. I yeah. wanted to show other people that they can do it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so exciting for me because I was, I was doing uh, lunch and learns. I was doing um, uh, learning groups. Uh, yeah, it totally. Was study groups. Yeah, you and, were the you were the the AWS certification study group. You were the Kubernetes study yeah, group. Yeah. Um, you did meetups, yeah. uh, both on site and off site. You did all the local events, the DevOps days. We went to freaking um, reInvent together. Yes. Um, which was, that's a whole nother story <laughs> we're not going to tell. No, what stays in Vegas. Or <laughs> sorry. happens in Vegas gets yeah. posted on Facebook. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I, I loved it so much that um, I, I wanted to, to bring it to the masses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so this is where my passion came through. And so, you know, that that is the um actually what I've been talking about uh over LinkedIn for the past uh couple of weeks, the uh uh 10 tips 10 days yep. is um uh why culture matters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and a part of it is is this continuous learning. Yes. Can I stop you for one second? Yes. Kenneth just had a comment. I want to tap that, and then I'm going to give it right back to you. Yeah. So Kenneth says, it seems so important certifications are important. These It seems that certifications are so important these days. Um, yes and no. I'm going to agree with that. Yes and no. Um, back in the day when the only certs available were Cisco certs and Microsoft's. Well, when I first got into the IT industry from, uh, from when I was in fashion, mm-hmm. I got three certifications. I got, (laughs) yes, it started right from the beginning. So I got my uh, Oracle 10G certification. I got my Oracle 10G application server. Okay. And I got a Sun Solaris. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Those are good ones. I know. So that foundation of Linux. I know. So that allowed me to get into Citigroup. Yep. Six months later, six months right, after right. I after I got my certification, I I stopped. Um, sorry, I finished school. Um, that was my first job, and so I, I found that certifications actually helped me get the job. Absolutely, and it got me on site. So this way, I was able to learn more, and I was able to yeah. uh, to grasp so you know, what it is that I've just yeah. learned and how to put it into practice. To that point. And to Ken's point, people don't really care that you have a cert. The cert gets you past the screening process. Yes. So yes, that resume does. shows up amongst all other resumes. Oh, you've got the three certs we're asking for. Boom, you get to the next level. In the back of my day, I had an A plus cert, <laughs> which means I knew how to install a motherboard. <laughs> I had MCSE and MCSA, yeah. and I had an Oracle 8i. Eight. I. Wow. You heard correctly. That was the first Oracle uh, that was internet capable. Yes, exactly. Woo-hoo! That's what the <laughs> I stand for. Um, I haven't had a search since. That's like early two wow. thousands. Haven't had a search since. Um, I, I just got an. I just got an. I know you. Doesn't stop. And Ken's got electron microscopy. He's uh, he's a CSI for cancer and stuff, right, Ken? Yeah. Um, Kenny's awesome. 
We're going to talk some more. Um, I'm going to let you get back to your point because so, you were getting on to the climate of learning. Yes. So um, getting back to uh, viewing learning as an investment that's needed for growth. Right. Now, I, actually, I have another story to tell you <laughs> with regards to this. This is sidebar day. So, <laughs> so when it comes to um, looking at learning as an investment, so uh, I looked at it as that when I got laid off from uh, the company that I was at and fi- five years ago, and I was like, what am I going to do now? Do I really want to move back to being a Unix administrator mm-hmm. or do I look at something new? And so I, w- I, I, I really dug down deep and I was like, you know what? I need to go cloud mm-hmm. because that is the way that the, um, the, uh, the landscape is moving to. Yep. So I was like, okay, what is the biggest cloud that, that I'm sure that I can get a job with? Well, five years ago, there was only one. Amazon Web Services, baby. AWS. So that's what I did. So I studied AWS. I got um, one certification, and I studied, studied, studied. I ended up getting a job, no word of a lie, uh, with a $30,000 pay cut. It hurt. It hurt lots. Ouch. Yeah. But you changed tracks. So what had happened was I got two more certifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my next job, yep, I doubled my salary from the first time. There you go. <coughs> so there is uh, there is a path. Yes. Whoa, there is so, a path for sure. So yeah, it's 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 definitely an investment uh, when you look at it from uh, a personal point of yeah. view. But when you're in an organization, it's also an investment because you're um, you now have learnings that is really beneficial. Yeah. To your organization. Yeah. And you can apply it to exactly what it is that you're doing. Absolutely. Um, and learning, we, we've talked about this before as well, is learning is beyond, um, like you talk about culture of learning inside of your organization. Yeah. Um, why should we limit the learning to the things that we need right now inside yes. of our organization? Why do we limit the learning to, hey, we're a tech shop. So... You can only do the tech that we do as learning yes. instead of, well, what if I want to do something in sales? I'm not a sales guy, but I want to take this course in sales. Oh, yeah. I'm a software engineer. What if I want to do infrastructure learning? What if I want to do, if you're HR and you want to learn agile, right? So there's... So I, I've, I've actually, um, and this goes back to when we were working together, it, it, you know, I, I actually put on courses... Uh, classes yeah. for the sales guys. Totally. And, and this was beneficial to them because now they could sell cloud and that actually was, understand what they're the selling. That was the top brown bag. Yeah. That, like, can you imagine a room full of salespeople just soaking in cloud? Just blank face, but scribbling furiously. Yeah. And everything that comes out of your mouth and goes on the whiteboard, they're like, can I use that? Can I use that? <laughs> yeah, this is free. You can... If you think that's going to help you sell cool work, yeah, have at her. Sharing our knowledge to folks within our organization, that's a sharing pillar in DevOps, absolutely. But on the other side, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's a comment that I made uh, about a year ago. I think you and I were talking about it. I said, uh, in absence of a mentor, become a mentor. Yes. Right? So folks tend to try to learn from people that they, they respect inside their organization that has something to give. 
and is willing to give. So that's a mentor-mentee relationship. But in absence of mentors, what happens? If you're looking to, for a mentor and there's none to be had, what happens? Guess yeah. what? You're yeah. a mentor now. Exactly. You have an opportunity to teach, not just to learn. Mm-hmm. And I found when I took that hat off and put the other hat on that I'm now a mentor instead of being a mentee, wow, I got so much uh, value out of that for myself. I learned more about myself uh, and, and what I thought I knew yeah. through teaching other people than I ever did by learning from someone else. Yeah, Amazing so things. it was, uh, it's just, it doesn't matter who you are or and what you do in the organization. Uh, if As long as you're learning something, um, it, it's beneficial. Totally. Period. Um, we still got time, so keep going. Okay. Yeah. So um, encouraging... So when you're learning these things, you want to be able to do it on the job. So this way you prevent that burnout. I mean, yeah. I, I used to spend so much time, like we're talking uh, on the streetcar, on the subway, uh, you know, after hours, um, I'd stay in the office. Yep. I would um, go home and spend the weekend just learning. Yeah. But when I came to work, I was tired. You so got, tired. You got nine to five that you got to check off. Yeah. And then where's the, there's no room for learning in that nine to five. No. So to your point, we got to make room. Yeah. Right. Uh, time is a commodity. You only get it once. You only get to use it one time. So let's use it the right way. If, if you think as an organization that you've, you've eliminated waste and your people are operating lean and you got eight hours, you're getting eight hours a day of productivity out of them. Mm-hmm. You're long, you're lying to yourself. Give them four hours of productivity and give them four hours to themselves, right? You're still paying them. They're still they're going to use that time for your benefit anyway. So let them use it to their what they think is important. Exactly. Learning, mentoring, doing certs, taking courses, doing it on your time. It also gets people excited. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. it's like, oh, I don't have to do this uh, dreary job all the time because my my work is actually they, they're encouraging me to to go and get another cert yeah yeah or to go you know to level up well, and and maybe teach some and, some, some people some and other maybe things. going through the process of educating yourself through that cert you solved your actual development yes, issue that you've been yes. trying to work through or you came up with a better way and you're like damn I got to go back and refactor that code cuz I I just learned the right way to do it exactly you solved it before but now you're going to figure I've, it out I've and do totally it again. done that before Stanislav, we're going to get to your question here once we wrap up the continuous learning bit because that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, So the last thing I wanted to point out is you want to, so for, to to, uh, empower a climate for learning, you want to uh, initiate hack days. You want to have internal meetups. Yep. You want to do as many brown bags as possible. Um, Possibly a formal training budget, even Absolutely. if it's tiny. It doesn't have to be a yeah. lot. It's not that expensive. And and uh, the most popular one, which uh, which I kind of love the most, is conferences. Conferences are a huge learning asset. Yes, um, there's so many to choose from. There's local. Uh, you know, there's there's clearly your local DevOps days. 
Um, there's the massive ones. Like if you want to go to Amazon, go to reinvent in Vegas, that's a commitment. That's a, that's, yeah. a, that's a lot of money to go. And you're looking at 60,000 people, totally 60,000 people, how much individual care and attention are you going to get. But more importantly, in your local community, you can find inexpensive yeah. ways to learn. Amazon is having one next week. Amazon's having one locally. Uh, I think Dell's got a DevOps thing coming up. Yeah. Uh, in Toronto. So we're just talking about Toronto. Um, there's, there's, but there's, there's stuff going on in every city. If you just go online and say DevOps events, 2019. Yeah. The calendar is massive. Every organization's got one. There's, there's cube days, there's Google days, there's Amazon days, you name it, reach out. They're not that expensive. And if you're, if you're the boss and it's your organization, put some money aside to help your people go to these Agreed. Yes. The value is insane. Um, (laughs) Totally. I sent a guy to red hat days. We weren't even a Red Hat shop, and he came back and he goes, "I knew I learned more about uh, moving ser- microservices because that was back when Kubernetes was brand new, and and, and Red Hat was an early adopter, uh, them and Google, right? So they were like, he, he just learned all about Kubernetes, and before that, we were like, we're using zones, so we don't know what containers are. <laughs> so yeah, we've come a long way. So yes. those conventions are worth their weight in gold, absolutely. So yeah, but if you're if your organization can't support sending people to conferences, then, you know, even a small budget to do something like uh, Linux Academy, where you can just, you know, get uh, pay a, subscri- a small subscription fee yep. and go online and learn yep. through exactly what it is that I do. What right? you do. Right. And there's there's Linux Academy. Um, there's Coursera. There's Quick Labs. You know, uh, if, you, if you're interested in Google, they have their own learning channel on, yeah. their, on Google Portal. Um, so, and you pick a technology, I guarantee you there's learning resources available. But either, that, that's how either, I got all my search. Right. They're either free or right. they're inexpensive online. Yeah. Um, or just go to your library and rent a book. Just take one out and uh, start reading because everything that's published live today is available in your local libraries or online. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, there was a question from Stanislav about how to get a job in the U.S., um, in DevOps, if you have no experience in the U.S., so clearly oh, he's, he's that's a great so, question. So I'm going to guess from the question that Stanislav is not a U.S. citizen, doesn't live in the U.S., so he's trying to get a job. Either he's moved to the U.S. or he's trying to move to the U.S. and get a job in the U.S. Right uh, in DevOps specifically, because it did say lead DevOps on his. He's since scrolled up. I can't figure out how to go back. Uh, <laughs> there it is. How do you get hired as DevOps if you don't have experience in? So there's a, there's a couple ways. So um, definitely get your skills up. Mm-hmm. So wherever you're from, get your skills up, have a job in your local uh, city, country, doing that work. Um, get the certs. The certs yes. are international. So if you want an Amazon cert or a Kubernetes cert, they're international. You can do them online. Um, mm-hmm. The price is the same. The course material is the same. Then what you need, well, having gone through this, is you need a broker or you need a, you need a local recruiting firm that does placement in the US. So these are kind of hard to find depending on what country you're in. Um, I know if, you know, for example, India, if you get a job with Accenture or Deloitte or, or Cognizant, there's a real good chance that you have an option to uh, transfer to the US. I don't know any of On a working visa. <laughs> this is a space I've been in before. Um, if you really need to do that, that's cool. But I would look closer to home. So if you're from Europe, Look closer to home. So look at the UK, Germany, uh, France, Ireland has got an insane tech culture going on there. Uh, they're way ahead of everybody you else. You know what? All of Europe. I mean, there's 
there's like there's a there's a ton of of jobs I know that are in DevOps that that are available all across oh, yeah. Europe. Oh yeah, I mean they, it's it's insane. It's they're just as advanced, if not more advanced. In in uh, uh, Europe, tends to be early adopters of things. Yeah. Um. So things like IoT, they were way ahead of the U.S. North America, all up. Um, so yeah, there's, there's plenty of opportunities probably closer to home. Um, if you're in the North America, South America corridor, um, that's typically easier to move around with the NAFTA agreement and and how visas work. Uh, but yeah, hit up Canada. Don't worry about the U S hit up Canada. Uh, we love foreigners. Uh, we've got a great immigration policy (laughs) and we got an election coming up. So boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So welcome. Come to Canada. You'll get a job yeah. if you've done it before. If your English is good, got a good resume, certs help, obviously. Um, so that was a good sidebar. But yeah. sounds like thanks for the question. Um, so Anthony is going to wrap up because we were talking about uh, how to uh, foster learning. So the hackathon, the DevOps days, the yeah. brown bags, let your people teach each other. Yes. Right? Yeah. We, so we that, that was a T-shaped individuals sharing their knowledge. That's a great one is, is – um, uh, I found that going to local conferences or meetups, you learn so much. Now, how do you share that? Mm-hmm. See what I did mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you share that with others so that they can learn the exact same thing, yeah. right? So you you do brown bags. You do um, uh, internal meetups, mm-hmm. and then you, you foster that learning. Right. And, and you... You uh, give people the that that same tidbit, uh, uh, the same tidbits of knowledge yep. that you got, but now you're you're spreading it across your team or your organization, yep. and now they're able to to take that and run with it. And somebody may have some really really good ideas that yep. you never even thought of. Yeah, one of the interesting things about just agile all up by itself without DevOps is there's. It's called a sprint retrospective. Yes. And a sprint demo at the end of every sprint. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. So the folks on the sprint doing this, doing the work get to demo the thing they've built to the rest of the groups, not just to their own team or to the client. They go, hey, guys, everybody all up. Exactly. This is what we accomplished this sprint. Yeah. Come have a look. Watch us deploy some things to the cloud. Pretty cool. Look at that. So the learning doesn't have to be as rigid or as uh, um, out there, you're already, if you're doing agile, you're already set up for this. Yes. Um, but to, to, to foster that learning culture inside of your organization, this is going to change the landscape totally. of your retention. You talked about scaling your teams. Guess what? Your teams are learning all the time. So a junior becomes an inter- intermediate twice as fast. And then on top of that, it it actually bonds teams together. Absolutely. You learn together, you cry together, you bleed together. It's the same (laughs) thing. You move forward. Um, You're in the trenches together. So why not, why not learn together? Um, Totally. There's a, I'm not going to get it. I'm going to go back to that (laughs) meme again, but I'm not going (laughs) to. Don't do it, man. Don't do do it. it. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, all these, these different ways of, um, of really fostering that climate for learning, it's it's so beneficial. Like I can't stress enough yeah. how beneficial it is. It's a bit addictive as well. Totally. Like once you learn and you get you teach yourself that learning is important, and you kind of develop that immediate 
and a need. It's yeah. like it's like you need more. Yes. Right. So I remember back at our previous job, you know, we had guys competing for the number of certs they could get <laughs> in the shortest amount of time. And then it became a competition of, well, I did the cert exam in 44 minutes and 22 seconds. Well, I did it in 43 minutes and 12 seconds. So screw you. I beat you. <laughs> right? It became this super competitive. That's extreme. Yeah, I, but I it's like that. it became this culture of, of, of learning that it's like, we got each other's back. I'm going to help you so you can beat me. And if, if all up, you get 12 certs and he gets 12 certs, holy smokes, we got all the certs. Yeah. And you wear the badge and you get to tell everybody inside the rest of your organization and compare uh, against other, uh, you know, teams in other cities and things like that. And it's, it changes the game. It's, it's oh. a big time game changer. Anyway, um, that's it. Yeah. We're at, uh, we're at 55 minutes, 55 minutes. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Um, so we have two things that we want to do. One is uh, a call to action. And then we're going to talk about things. That... Actually, let's do the books we're reading first and then call to action. Got it. Um, so uh... the book you are reading yeah, the book I was reading, I forget the name of it. Because you're an audible guy. Grab your phone. Yeah. Actually, well, your phone's the camera. <laughs> my phone's the camera. Um, I believe it's called uh, Turn Your Ship Around. That's Yes, that's it. Yeah. And it's about the Navy ship. Yes. So it was about, it, it's about the, uh, the worst uh, performing Navy ship and how the culture of how they change the culture around yep. to be a leader leader culture versus versus a leader follower. Got it. Um, and what they did was they became the top, uh, the top in, in their fleet. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Good book. So it was. It, it it just it blew my mind because there there's a lot of of good stuff in there, and uh, I think what I'll do is I'll I'll uh, I'll put it up on the on the feed later. Yeah, cool. A link and, to it. Yeah. Because you're, you're an audible guy. I am an audible I'm guy. A, I'm, a, I'm a hardcover book and paper kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, because I, I, because I run a lot, I there love you go. to I love to just, you know, put in my earphones and just go, so. The only reason why I would ever run is if I'm chasing someone who's got my beer. <laughs> um, Give me back my beer! I'm not a runner. It's not that important. You can have a beer. I don't care. I'll just get another one. Um <laughs> <laughs> if you're chasing me, I'm like, ah, whatever, you caught me. <laughs> How about you? I ain't running. Um, I went back uh, to a book that I read in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called The Book of Five Rings. It's uh, by Musashi. It's a Japanese philosophy book um, that is now considered the foundation of kendo and all martial arts. Um, but it really, it's been adopted by Japanese businesses over the last, I don't say, 30, 40 years. Uh, that businesses have used it to learn how to defeat their enemies and how to sell to... So it's kind of like an art of war? It's art of war, and it's like it's kind of like that, but it's more philosophy around strategy. Right. Um, and the way of strategy, as it's called. Okay. Uh, and one of Musashi's quotes in the opening uh, book, which is called um, Earth, because uh, there's five rings and four of them are the elements, uh, the fifth being the void, but we'll get to that later. Um the, the quote is, uh, learn everything about everything. Okay. So if you're a, quote, martial arts master and you're dedicated your life to learning about killing people with a sword. Yes. Like he was. Um, he also spent uh, half of his life learning how to paint. Interesting. And how to be a carpenter and how to farm. Wow. So his point is, you, there's 
infinite things to learn. So all you have to do is open yourself up to them and observe and see them as opportunities to learn things. They could be way outside of your normal um, things that you're interested in, right. um, but they have value. So everything that Absolutely, you do and say value. and learn has an opportunity to learn something. Yes. Agree. Boom. There you go. Boom. So the call to action. The call to action. So we're wrapping up right now. Yes. Um, Matthew, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so the con- the call to action, listeners and viewers, um, let's go out and research learning and development uh, in your passion area. So this doesn't have to be your work. You might have a passion area in your home that you like, you know, collecting Star Wars figures or you play Yahtzee. Uh, you have a passion for Yahtzee. something. I don't know, knitting. Pick something <laughs> that, that is your passion. You love playing guitar, whatever it is. Do some research into learning and development to take that passion to another level. Yes. It can be whatever it is. I guarantee you there's something either in your community, online, or something you can read to, that you haven't read before, that you haven't learned before, to take what you know about that thing to the next level. I want you to do that this week. It's super important. Uh, and the next thing you can do, because now we're talking, that that's personal, and now the second one is in your job, right? So Anthony and I, you know, we talked about continuous learning. As much as it's a personal thing, it's also an organizational thing. So let's, Absolutely, yeah. let's take a look at the place where you work and the groups that you interact with, and let's figure out how you can influence your organization in order to get them to value continuous learning. Not try to change anything, not try to, you know, go ask your boss for hundreds of dollars to take courses, whatever. No, let's talk about how you can influence your organization to value continuous yes. learning inside your organization. Just open the dialogue, have a conversation with your HR. If you've got a learning manager, if you've got a people manager, if you've got a boss's boss, just start spreading the love. Hey, what do we do for continuous learning? What are the options for uh, taking a yeah. course around here? Just start the dialogue and start selling the value of continuous learning inside of your organization. Agreed, agreed. Cool. That's all I got. That's all I got. One hour on the nose. Exactly. Nice. Um, <laughs> Matthew says, I always thought samurai were cool because they were about increasing the whole, not just warriors, yes. but poets and philosophers. The sword also. and the brush were side by side. Yes. Cool. Well read, Matthew. Uh, we're going to cut out. Uh, go yeah. to the graphic there, brother. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, blame DevOps blame episode DevOps, five. Episode five. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you for tuning in again, and we will see you guys next week. Love it. See you next week. All right. Ciao.